Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello and welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder of LastFirstDate.com. I am the dating and relationship, love and communication coach for women over 40 who want to finally attract and sustain a lasting, loving relationship. We have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with dating coach and matchmaker Peggy Wallman, and she's going to address why dating coaching is an important part of the matchmaking process. We're going to be hearing a lot of really interesting information, so stay tuned. She'll be up in just a few minutes. And as a dating coach, I love helping women over 40 recognize a good guy and learn the skills that make love last. Most women who come to me for support are wonderful mothers, they're successful in the workforce, but they have challenges in attracting the right guys. And one of the mistakes that I notice over and over again is that for women especially who grew up in the 60s and are now in their 50s and 60s, they have had to work hard to be successful in their careers, and they might be bringing that same energy and competitive edge to dating, which can totally turn off the men that they're attracted to. And it puts them in the friend zone or worse. Um, And I used to think that men would be more attracted to me if they knew how crazy busy I was because I was building a career and I was managing a house and managing my children But they didn't care about that, and they didn't want to hear crazy busy because to them it meant not available. So it's mistakes like these that are very elusive to many people. You're too close to the situation to really see that you may be sabotaging your dating success. So what I've done is I've created a free guide for you. It's my gift to you. It explains the three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around so you can find lasting love. When you sign up for this free guide, you're also going to get tons of other information, um, like the top complaints that men have about women in dating after 40, the top complaints women have, the secret words that you can say that will really help you to um, connect better, lots of great stuff. So it's my gift to you. Just go to my homepage on lastfirstdate.com and sign up because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you like. Get your free book when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now I'm going to introduce my guest, Peggy Wallman. She is the founder of Peggy Wallman Matchmaking. She has a master's degree in social work and was a theater director and teacher for over 20 years. Peggy trained with world-renowned dating coach and matchmaker Rachel Greenwald, who I love. Her husband, Richard, is a Harvard Ph.D. in clinical psychology, and he's recently joined her team full-time. Richard is fabulous, and they've been married for 40-plus years. They have four married children, and Peggy feels privileged to help singles of all ages find love. So join us as we discuss the benefits of working with a matchmaker who also offers dating coaching to her clients. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Hello. It's so nice to hear your voice, Sandy, and thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. So Peggy and I met at a conference about a year ago, and we 
just had an instant connection, and we've collaborated on some projects and um, formed a nice friendship, and I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you here today. Ah, so um, let's start with matchmaking. You're a matchmaker. I'm a dating coach. You're a matchmaker and a dating coach. So um, can you just address matchmaking? Who is matchmaking for? Should everybody sign up for a matchmaker? Is it just for some people? Who Who is it for? Well, I think um, basically I think as, as our world has become more specialized and we start looking for people to help us with uh, less general topics and more specific topics, and certainly finding love is one of those, that I think a matchmaker, once you have tried a lot of uh, ways of meeting people, dates that haven't felt that you've had a lot of fun on dates you've been on or are having trouble meeting people or choosing the right people. Uh, I think any one of those categories, I think having someone who's objective, uh, better than a friend, even though I love having friends and mentors at your side while, you, while you're seeing a matchmaker, I think a matchmaker is a, a highly specialized way to look for love without necessarily completely outsourcing your love life. I think you can, should still be an active participant. But I do think that someone who sits on the outside and can kind of help you to see where some of the areas that have been uh, challenging or just have not felt comfortable for you, sort of I'd help you identify those and then choose the men that you are better suited for you, and and that you're part of making those choices. Those aren't just being made by a matchmaker. But also I think in this very busy time where women and men just don't have as much time for online dating or networking with all their friends or they just they need someone else to do some of the work for them. And I think if you're in that category, that's another uh, another good reason to hire a matchmaker. Um, I would say not a good reason to hire a matchmaker is when you think that the matchmaker is going to have all the answers for you and find your perfect person without sort of your participation, that you're going to wake up one morning and Prince Charming is going to walk in. And uh, for me, I, I believe that, that it doesn't happen like that and that there's reasons why women who are either still single or divorced for a long time and haven't found the right person yet, or even if they've lost their spouses and aren't quite ready to get um, back into dating, think that if someone were to walk in that minute that everything would be fine again. And um, uh-huh. I think that's not the case. I think that we, uh, you need to be a team, you and your matchmaker. And if you think that that, that you wouldn't be going in it as a team, that would be the kind of client who I think would not be a, a good candidate. And sometimes for guys that's a big issue because I think guys think, okay, you do all the work and all I have to do is show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I think a lot of people think of matchmaking as as just that. And there probably are some matchmakers who set people up without making the without having that kind of collaborative partnership. Um, and the way you're describing it, it sounds like you're setting people up for success instead of false expectations 
um, that are not realistic. Right. I, I think that's, and I think learning more and more about what success means. Uh, I had a, a, a couple who went out to dinner. I actually just talked to the woman this afternoon, and the guy is crazy about her. She's been traveling a lot, so they haven't seen each other. But they were at a restaurant, and she got up and went to the ladies' room. And uh, while she was gone, a woman at a nearby table, an older woman, turned to this client of ours and said to him, your wife is so beautiful and has such uh-huh. a lovely, lovely smile. So he he called me up and he told me that. And, of course, I told uh-huh. him, that's a, that's a sign. That's a sign, uh-huh. you know, but... Um, it, and then, you know, it, it, it is interesting because they have seen each other quite a few times, but she's she's much more hesitant to think of it as a, uh, a committed relationship. And reminding her about that, that night a little bit and how mm-hmm. just to let things, let things go and to enjoy being that somebody is out there who is, wants to be with you that much and, and uh, is enjoying your company just soak it in first and stop evaluating whether or not it's going to last a lifetime. Mm. That's a big balance that people have trouble with. So first dates and second dates, um, people often discount people because they don't see the forever um, in it. And, And it's interesting that what you described was somebody else seeing something really special from the outside. And I think that it's sometimes hard for us to see for ourselves, like I was talking about in the beginning of the show, that we we often can't, we don't have that perspective, um, and and thinking about forever is pretty daunting, um, especially if you've been divorced and you know what it feels like to be in the wrong relationship and you don't want to make mistakes. So, so let's talk a little bit about those first dates. Um, now that you mentioned um, somebody in an early relationship, um, so what are the kinds of things you get feedback from your clients? So you get feedback from both the man and the woman. Sure. As to how the date went each time. So, what are each, what are some of the common things that you hear? Yeah. Um, okay, you know, guys, what are some I of mean, the problems? Oh my gosh! Well, I've even take recently. I think even begun to take all of this so seriously that I've even come up with uh, certain guidelines for first dates. And in particular, for the guys, whether it's to be early and hold the doors open, pull back the chairs, always pay. It's polite to give a woman the chair facing out so that you can focus on her for the next few hours. And that helps Mm. guys' eyes wandering all around the room. Talking to guys about giving women compliments is really important. I don't think guys realize how long women often spend trying to look so nice for their date. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be an a, uh, insincere compliment, but a warm smile, a lovely dress, great boots. Uh, and, you know, that you're not there to impress your date. You're not there to boast. Uh, I usually say boasting is the wrong side of confidence. And, you know, mm-hmm. try to be authentic. And, you know, and in return, I think, you know, women really need to be gracious and accepting. Some people call that flirting. I like, I tend to think of it more as graciousness and accepting. 
Um, you can buy your date a drink or dinner at another time, but for your first date, this is his opportunity to to uh, pay for your evening. Um, be sincere. Make lots of I statements. Try not to interrogate women we know. Like to ask a lot of questions, and men end up feeling as if they're on the witness stand, you know, with a friendly mm-hmm. prosecutor, but they're on the witness stand. And uh, when somebody does offer to pay, I just always try to tell women to just say thank you so very much. It was a lovely dinner. Rather than, oh, wait, let me, I'd be glad to. And then I'll have women who'll say, and I reached for my purse to pay, and he didn't stop me. He didn't right. say, oh, no, I, I'm happy to take care of it. Well, you're not giving a very honest message as a woman if you're reaching to pay when you really don't want to pay and you're just what I call testing to see whether or not he's going to pay. So I think that's a, that whole issue, I think, is can get more complicated, but for the first couple of dates, I tell men and women, uh, with the exception of sometimes when they're in their 20s and they, their bank accounts aren't very stable, that's a different issue. But for older couples, there's no question when you go on your first date, your second date, because the guy should know that he should be taking you out wherever you're going. And uh, so when does also, that change? When, when, can I just ask, because this is a big sure. issue for a lot of people, and I've struggled with sure. this too, because it feels awkward <clears throat> sitting across from somebody and not not doing anything when the check comes. Um, you well, know, I think so, I like doing something. So what I yeah, suggest so what do you recommend? Do the, what I recommend is the check comes and you say, so such a lovely choice of a restaurant. Thank you so much for the nice invitation. I mean, you don't have mm-hmm. to say it till after he reaches for it. And if a mm-hmm. guy is not reaching for it, you, you just have to give him time to realize that's what he's going to have to do. Don't get flustered and just, you know, thank you so much. I enjoyed dinner so much. Such a nice invitation. Mm-hmm. It was just the, I could see why this is one of your favorite places. You know, just mm-hmm. make it conversational, not about the money, but you're definitely saying thank you. Right. Yeah, that's good. And so how far in would you say would a woman then offer to take him out or pay for a drink or dinner? As you mentioned, the first few days. I like to dates, say so that how- after you've gone, a, maybe ask, you know, obviously, uh First dates and second dates, you know, if you're, they, they can be very different. You know, if I have someone call me up and, you know, their first date is already in the wee hours of the morning and it's 2 o'clock in the morning and they don't want to even leave and they had dinner for six hours and they're already going to see each other the next day. And by the, you know, three dates for one person can be like they spent a month together. But I think mm-hmm. after you've seen someone, certainly, you know, two times maybe or three times, then it's, I think it's lovely for a woman to say, you know, um, next time, next time, I'd I'd love to pick the place and take you to dinner. And he might say, No, no, I, I'm happy just doing it the way it is. Or he might say, That's so nice, thank you. Or you just, or maybe you've decided that you know there's a show in town and you've already talked about getting together next weekend. And so maybe you say, You know, there's a great show, and I know we have plans next Saturday night. So I'd love to take you to the show. I think mm-hmm. that's just fine. But you have to have had 
you know, you have to have had a couple of dates together, a few dates, especially as you are, you know, over 40, over 45, over 50, or 55, mm-hmm. 60, whatever. Um, you know, you, you want to be sure that not that he can afford to do it. What what you what I think women really need to get comfortable with and feel comfortable with is that they know that someone wants to do it and sees it as something that he's comfortable doing. He's not waiting mm-hmm. for for the woman to do it. I mean, there's nothing right. in the world that's worse than a guy that's you know it's not my favorite word, but cheap. You know, mm-hmm. and certainly not an impression that. You know, I work with guys all the time, and very small little triggers can somehow let a woman know that he's not, you know, not generous. And when women don't see a guy as generous, they generally don't want to be with him again. Yeah, it's true. Well, so another thing that a lot of women that I work with um, tend to do is to start putting their credit card as like, we're going to split this. Um, so I have one of my clients who just ended a relationship and she said one of the things that really bothered her was that she ended up paying too much. So, you know, we talked about it. She's taking responsibility for what she did, which was to offer from probably the beginning, um, that she wanted to pay her way and to, to take care of him in some ways. So what would you say about women because they're successful. They feel like, well, I don't want a man to have to take care of me. What would you say to that? Well, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very tricky uh, message to give that early on. Uh, I think that, you know, taking care of each other sort of financially, um, I certainly don't think the woman should initiate that at some Somehow I think that does give off a vibration of I really, I'm really letting you know from day one that I don't need anybody to take care of me financially. And I think that there are other very nice ways that you can show someone and tell someone that you're fortunate enough to be financially independent. But the, mm-hmm. also I think what works for guys is who are successful and independent and accomplished is that they... Uh, they want to be able to do that, and they like to be they like to be looked at as a provider and If you right. take that away from them, then I think women can come on as looking kind of uh, like they're kind of emasculating really mhm i agree and and women don't see that um because they feel that it's it's taking away their power because they work so hard to achieve what they have and so I think it's it's just a reframing and also understanding men, that men do like to be providers. And when you don't allow them to do the things that they want to do and that they need to do, it it can be very emasculating and it's a real turnoff. Absolutely. And you can, mm-hmm. you can certainly share your accomplishments and your success as a woman without having it to be about money. And, uh, you know... And generally, I think for a lot of uh, you know women that I see who are in their early forties, for example, and have you know very successful careers, and they become very much about their careers, 
And Mm -hmm. those are women that are really less attractive to men anyway. Mm -hmm. So often, more and more now, I think if I could pick one sentence that I'm hearing so often from men, and some of them are extremely successful, accomplished guys, they'll say, you know, can you find me someone like a teacher or a social worker or, you know, I just don't want a, a type A woman who's out there and she wants to talk about her job as soon as we sit down to dinner. And it's mm-hmm. more like a resume than it is, uh, you know, I'm hearing her CV, but I'm really not learning anything about her. And, and yeah, they really think that, that life is about their work. And I think you're right. A lot of that is be- because young women have put a lot of energy and time and effort and money into their careers. And so, of course, it feels like that na- feels natural that that's what they should be, quote, all about. But mm-hmm. it isn't what they're all about. And they need to figure out what the language is that means that they're talking about who they are rather than what they do. And I think that's true for men, yep. too. And a huge distinction very early on on dates, thinking about who you are, what you want someone to walk away with when they walk away from the date, what is it that you would like them to remember about you. If it's, you know, which hedge fund you worked for, then, you know, then that's what it is. But, you know, be careful because that's probably not going to be very memorable. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and I love that you're bringing this up because this is such a a, a point that I I just it was such an eye opener for me to to learn this because I never dated like that before, and I think we you know tend to want to prove our worth by sharing what we do rather than who we are, and just a simple word like because, which is what my friend Bobby Palmer, who you know, um, talks about when you share your career, for instance, you can say, I love it because. And just by saying that, you're telling who you are rather than what you do. And yeah. it's so simple, and, and but it gives somebody insight into your values, into your heart, into your truth. And, and then another thing I think women don't realize, and you know, you talked about men need to do this more too, is that when women share from their heart, men tend to do it more often because it's it's you've created an atmosphere of of making that safe, and and then you don't walk away from a date thinking I have no idea who this person is. I don't know if I want to date them again because I don't really know them. Exactly. That's, and that's one of the reasons why even not just men giving compliments, we all love compliments. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so nice when a woman can sort of think to herself even before she goes on a date, I want to, I, I, I want to, I hope I'll find something nice tonight that I can, because I do want to be able to give someone a I want to be able to give my date a compliment. I hope I'll, be, I hope mm-hmm. I'll find, I hope I'll like them enough to, find something that I'd like to compliment him on. Because once you give someone a compliment about something, you are creating what, what you're describing. You're creating a kind of an atmosphere that is about giving and mm-hmm. not just about getting. And people mm-hmm. tend to relax as soon as something like that happens. So as mm-hmm. soon as you say to him, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's such a 
it's a really nice looking sport jacket, you know, or you know, whatever, you know, you have a great haircut, you know. Don't be afraid uh-huh. of it. Just say something, and you'd be. I think women are, you know, they wait for compliments and they love compliments, uh-huh. but it's not. I find that it's a little harder for them to come up with. They'll say, "Well, so give me some examples. What would be examples of compliments?" Well, you know. What are some of the compliments when, you know, maybe for those of you who, you know, had children of your own, you knew every day that you were complimenting them on something. So it's Mm -hmm. not really hard to find, you know, know, how you chose a great restaurant tonight. This was such a great place for us to to, um, eat. How how did you, you know, was this a, a, has this been a favorite of yours for a long time or whatever? Uh, you know, just something that that changes it and makes it feel like you are uh, acknowledging something about him and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at each other. You know, I often say, you know, try to hold each other's eye. Listen attentively. Never interrupt with something you did bigger or better, you know. And for women, you know, don't ask him what he thinks of you. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds... Terrible, but um, <laughs> read the signals instead. It's just sometimes women they just they just feel like oh you know they want to know and uh, right you know and if you enjoy the evening you know tell him and if he mm-hmm. doesn't comment on the first date that he enjoyed it hopefully he will sometimes it's because he's waiting to read the cues from a woman I had mm-hmm. a guy say last month to me. I said, well, you know, she, you know, how, she had such a lovely time, and he said, well, but she was worried that you didn't have such a, a great time, and he said, well, I was waiting for her to say that that it had been such a terrific. And mm-hmm. I said, why were you waiting? He said, well, right. I don't know. I was just waiting, and I said, well, were you feeling it was a great time? He said, yeah. I said, then say so. You know, it you, it feels vulnerable. People yeah, have a hard does. time opening up their heart and saying something because what if she didn't have a good time and then I'm going to feel bad because I had a good time. You know, this, this, the, the inner dialogue is, is so yeah, absolutely. You have to, in you so have, many ways. I, you're absolutely right. And I think you have to take some risks. And if it's sincere and you you just say, I had a lovely time, I hope mm-hmm. we'll see each other again. And that's usually what I hope the guy says. But, yeah. you know, if that's how you really feel as a woman and he hasn't said it, I say say it. If mm-hmm. I wouldn't want you just to say it. But if you had a lovely time, I certainly think you should say that. And if you want to see someone again and, you know, maybe he's shy, maybe he is waiting for you, who knows? It doesn't mean you're assuming, you know, there's a second date. But... um you know, and certainly don't suggest one. Like, you know, if you're free this weekend, maybe we can see a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. And I always tell guys to end an evening by telling your date how much you enjoyed meeting her. And if you want to say or see her again, say so. If not, don't say you do, because that mm-hmm. you know, that can be really uh, hurtful. And also, yeah. I think on first dates, as you and I both know, we've talked about this a lot together, 
you have to hold something back. That's the hardest part, I think, for men mm-hmm. and women. <laughs> Not just your chastity. <laughs> Don't tell all your dark <laughs> secrets. Don't laugh too much. Don't confess everything. Don't talk about your ex if you have one. He doesn't need to know everything about you. I always give the example, you don't cook with every ingredient in your pantry for every recipe. Be selective. Mm -hmm. You know? I like that. And and I I think, you know, at the end of an evening, sometimes, you know, kind of a guy wants to know if you like him enough to go out with a gym and you really don't, I think that can be really hard, kind of letting guys down gently and how you have to add some character positives as you do that. You know, you're such a fun and interesting guy and thank you for taking me to dinner and I really enjoyed meeting you. You don't feel like the right match for me, but I wish you all the best in finding someone special. You know, mm-hmm. you have to... You have to yeah, they have to be honest. They got you have to be honest. Yeah, um, I so agree with you. Honesty, and it's one of the hardest things for people. They're afraid of hurting people, and what they don't realize is they'll hurt them even more when they're not honest. Um, and we're gonna have to wrap up. Um, this okay. is we could talk for hours. For hours. <laughs> um, <but you> can, <laughs> I mean, as evidenced in what you've shared, that a lot of what we're talking about is the dating coaching part that goes hand in hand with matchmaking because. You have to know these things in order to have success in the dating Absolutely. process. You can find the best person in the world, and if you don't know how to date them, you're not going to have success. Um, right. So thank you so much, Peggy, for being on the show today. And people can find you at PeggyWallman.com, correct? PeggyWallmanMatchmaking.com, yep. Oh, matchmaking.com. Uh, yeah, or PeggyWallman.com. Both are, both are okay. actually available. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. Oh, me too. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening today. And I wish you all uh, good luck with your love life, whether you're in a relationship or not. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Katie. Bye, everybody.